Well, welcome back to another episode of Modern Expectations. I'm your host, Shelby Shaw, and I've got my co-host here, Jenna Lehrman. Hi, Jenna. Hey. How are you? I'm great. Awesome. Good. Good. It's good to be back. Um, Last time we were talking, I I just want to touch on this before we go any further, but last time we were talking about your experience in caring for your grandmas. So I want an update. How, how are they doing? They are both doing really well. Um, my poor grandma that hurt her shoulder and um, was in the nursing home for a while. She's home. Um, she's thriving um, and definitely making progress. And um, my other grandma, she's doing super well too. So definitely blessed and thankful for that. So thanks for asking. Oh yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Good. Um, yeah. So, so great to hear that and thankful for, um, you sharing your experience last time. So if you did hear our podcast last time, you can go on our Facebook page there. Um, there's a couple of links to it. So be sure to check that out as well. Um, and then also one other, I just want a little housekeeping thing. I want to give a shout out to our good friend and faithful listener, Mark Garrett. Hi, Mark. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Jen and I met Mark a number of years ago. We were working in long-term care. We were actually in a state leadership program, um, not together, but at two different times. And so it was just, um, it's just been really fun. Mark's a fun person. Um, we just really appreciate his support. So thanks, Mark. Just wanted to give you a shout out. 100%. Yes. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's dive into today's topic, dementia. So if you follow us on Facebook, which... Obviously, you probably do, or you wouldn't be listening to us right now. You've seen a few posts about dementia, but I want everyone to know um, that just because you're aging, it doesn't always mean that dementia is going to automatically come along with that. However, dementia is a reality too, and we're all aware of that. Um, so, it, you know, it, there's a possibility that it could also. But the one thing that I think Jen and I have experienced over the years is that there is just a huge lack of education about dementia, the types, how to work with behaviors, how it progresses. Um, it just, I think just in general, like most people just think it's forgetfulness, um, when they think of dementia, but that's just not really all, not always the case. Is it Jenna? No, absolutely not. It's far deep, deeper than that. There's so much more to it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So much more to it. And I don't know if you guys are aware, but Jenna's really our dementia expert here on the team. Um, she just, she really has a passion for it and for helping those and their families who are dealing with dementia. Um, I've seen it firsthand and it's just, it's just awesome to witness. So um, while dementia can be, you know, an unsettling diagnosis, um, there's just, there's a lot of things that if you're educated and you look at things a little bit differently, you know, you can still make memories with your loved ones and you can still share some really great time together. So today we want to dive in a little bit deeper on that and just clear the air on some things, talk about a few things, define a few things. So hopefully today when you're done listening, you have a better understanding about what dementia is, how it looks and how maybe you can help your loved one or maybe even, you know, your friend or your neighbor or whoever it may be. So we're going to do some q and I'm going to be asking Jenna some questions and then she'll be filling us in with her expertise. You ready to get started? Let's do this. Okay. First one, big question. What is dementia? Well, um, dementia is actually not a diagnosis. And sometimes that gets confused um, when we're talking about dementias. Um, it's actually more of an umbrella term. Um, it's a term for the disorders um, resulting from disease or trauma um, to the brain that leads to sometimes memory loss, um, personality changes at times, 
um, impaired intellectual functions. Um, so these changes um, are not a normal part of aging, um, but they are severe enough um, to where they're impacting daily living, independence, and even relationships. So um, when you think dementia, um, just think of one big umbrella and under that are all the different types. So the most common types that you probably have heard of, Alzheimer's, um, Lewy body, vascular dementia. Um, there's so many different things that fall under that umbrella term. So when you hear dementia, um, not an actual diagnosis, just a word to describe a group of symptoms affecting um, someone's life severe enough um, in daily living and independence and again, relationships. Okay. Very good. Hey, can you dive in a little bit just on, you'd mentioned they could result from disease or trauma to the brain. Like what explain trauma to the brain for us? So, um, I think we hear a little bit more about this. Um, you'll hear it like in football players. So repeated head injuries, one major head injury, um, can result in, um, changes in the brain and their functioning that is progressive, um, and it can affect someone's, um, life process and disease. Um, process. So um, when I talk about trauma, it's, um, you know, repeated concussions, um, you know, boxers, football players, you'll hear about that frontal temporal dementia. Um, um, and that's just what that term um, encompasses. Okay. Awesome. That's what, yeah, I was just, I, I was just curious just to know more there. So thank you. Um, how do I know if my loved one or my friend is dealing with a form of dementia? Like how, how do we know that? Um, so if you suspect something is going on or you think, you know, what if this is dementia, there's some changes in their memory or their behavior, something's just not right. And um, the first thing you want to do is get your, your loved one or, or your friend, um, or the person in your life to a medical provider. Um, sometimes there are things that can go on. There can be disease process, other disease process, or, um, something that's really easily treated. Um, if we're talking about the older generation, the most um, common thing that we're going to see um, is maybe an infection of some type. And oftentimes it's a UTI that can cause mental status changes, behavior changes, um, a severe decline in functioning. So we wanna make sure that it's not actually something that can be reversed or treated. Um, once you get to the medical provider, they, they can perform the tests to determine, you know, what kind, what's really going on here. Um, is this actually um, some type of dementia? Um, is this a medical issue? Um, but you wanna lean on your medical provider to guide you um, in their care from there. Um, so oftentimes there'll be more referrals, some testing done really to determine, is this dementia or is this something that um, can be treated? Okay. All right. So if medical professional doctor decides, you know, through their diagnosis that yes, you know, our loved one does have dementia, what, I mean, medically, obviously they'll guide us through how we need to go, but what, like, how does that look? Like, what does, what does that mean now? Yeah. So really with any you know, major diagnosis like that, um, dementia. I mean, there's a whole whole spectrum of things. When you get a di diagnosis that's life-changing, um, more than likely you're going to be working through a sea of emotions. Um, it can trigger a grief process. Um, so that's something that's going to be navigated both for the person that's with the diagnosis and those that are closest to them in their life. Because when we talk about some form of dementia, um, there's obviously going to be changes on how they live and how, what those relationships look like. Um, and there's so many misconceptions of, about it that it's, it, it can often be very scary. Um, so making sure that, you know, um, everybody involved is working with somebody, finding support and friends and family 
um, finding resources like a therapist or even support groups. Um, so you can begin to process those feelings, um, begin healing, and then also planning. Um, education is, is so important as well. Knowledge is power um, when you're dealing with any me medical diagnosis. So you wanna find reputable sources um, to help gain a better understanding of what, what this disease process is gonna look like, what's the progression. Um, and that also helps too, like when you're looking to advocate. So if, if you have the knowledge of, you know, I know this is the diagnosis. Um, I know these are things that are options or these are paths that we can potentially go down. It, it helps prepare um, and plan. And then also when you're talking to providers, you can say, you know, I, I know this isn't right. I know um, this isn't actually part of the disease process. I think there's something else going on. Um, there's just lots of power in, in knowing what, what to expect or at least trying to prepare um, for the future. So, and I would say too, another thing, there, there's just so many things, but I, I think key to early on setting up daily and weekly routines um, has its benefits, especially as the disease progresses. Um, so if, if I could say two things, that would be that. Educate yourself, work through that that process, that grief. Um, I guess the third thing is, is work on setting routines um, with your loved one. Okay, good, uh, good tips. Yeah, and uh, knowledge is... It's always powerful in any situation, but especially here, um, the more, you know, you know, if you know more, you can do more and, mm -hmm. and hopefully handle it better. So, yeah. And also don't, don't hesitate to reach out. You know, if you need professional help, like a therapist, reach out to somebody, like there are tons of qualified therapists around and they can help you process those emotions. You know, these are most of us are not equipped. The majority of us are not equipped to how, how do we deal with these emotions, you know, and still care for our loved ones the, the way they need to be. So it's important that, you know, you take care of you as well too. And, and um, yeah, if you need help reach out, like people, people are there, um, lean on your family, lean on your friends, like people want to help. So receive that help and that that's needed. Um, speak um, just like, Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just throwing that, you know, like I think too, like when you sometimes when people hear therapists, there's a stigma tied to that. Um, people don't understand the brain and brain disorders and emotions and how to process that. And I think historically you just didn't talk about that. And so and another thing, just a general soapbox here, um, is is setting those um, misconceptions aside or those preconceived notions and know that it's okay to talk to someone. Um, it's perfectly normal. Um, and yeah, just to reiterate what you said, it it we can't be expected to know how to deal with everything or, or know every coping skill out there. Um, so um, reach out, get some help. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, there's no shame in it. And I think that's been, um, yeah, like you said, like it was just something, you know, that's probably wasn't talked about at one point in our society um, or probably will accept it and, and just, yeah, get rid of those preconceived <sighs> notions for sure. For sure. Um, but like, what about other people? So we've got the diagnosis. We know our loved one has dementia. We're working through these processing this, you know, like, how do we handle this? What about other people? Like, should we communicate this with others or not? Um, I know like me and my family, we tend to be pretty private on things. Um, so I feel like your answer is probably going to be targeted towards someone maybe like more like myself. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like sharing any life-changing diagnosis can be so difficult. Um, it's a hard thing to process. And I, I think too, like when I touched on, touched on this before and you did too, um, we're dealing with a diagnosis that is so misunderstood. 
Um, and it's one that we're going to be dealing with mental status changes. Um, and that's going to be hard to explain um, and I just try to, to navigate anyways. Um, I, I like to compare it to, like, just call it what it is. So um, to help understand, you know, this is brain failure. This person living with this dementia um, disease process, whatever it may be, is experiencing brain failure. And, um, you know, when we talk about heart failure, we talk about kidney failure, we talk about liver failure, people are so compassionate and understanding. Um, but when we talk about brain changes, um, which I would say your brain is arguably, arguably like the most important organ in your body, it, it controls so many things. Um, um, but people just don't even think of it like that. Like they just think, well, this is behavior changes. They just can't remember. No, it's it's more than that. It's it's huge. Their brain is literally failing. It's changing, um, and that's a hard thing to. I don't even know this is the right way to say it, but wrap your head around. Um, so when you think of all the things you can, it can affect. Um, it's it's definitely important um, to communicate that. Um, so. Um, share it with the people that are closest to you first. Um, you know, find the people who can help support you through this journey um, and, and share that information with them. Yeah, we, you need to be open about it because it's going to take more than, it's going to take a community. It's going to take a support system um, for not only you as the caregiver, but for your loved one yeah. as well. Would you, yeah. And I think there's just like the shame that's around that. Like no one would, would feel shame for having, well, most people won't feel shame for like a cancer diagnosis, or diagnosis where it's going to take a community of people to care for you. This is no different. Um, oh, yeah. So, so making sure you have those supports. You know, and you touched on the behaviors a little bit there, Jenna, and, and I think we'll, you know, hopefully we'll dive into those a little bit later on, but um, yeah, like the, the brain just responds differently to this. And, and you don't know what that's going to look like. Um, the forgetfulness, you know, you as a caregiver, because you've known that person, the majority of their life, or if not their whole life, like, you know, how they used to be. So that's when you always compare back to, you're like, I don't know why you're forgetting this. You know, like you could always remember this, like, like it's, and that's, they're not doing it intentionally. Their brain is literally failing. Um, and so you've got to, I guess in a sense, and Jenna, you can correct me or reword me on this if you want, but I, in a sense, like you kind of have to retrain how you think and how you see them too. Like this is, this is where they're at now. We can't compare them to how they were when their brain was fully functioning, you know, cause that's, that's just not, that's not fair to them. And it, it's not the reality of the situation. So yeah, their, yeah their behaviors, no, their behaviors are, are not, are not intentional. Um, it's, it's literally their, their brain is failing. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that too, because that brought up another thought, um, as they change, whether it's behaviors or their lack of ability to communicate or, um, all those changes with every change, it's almost like a new grieving process. We're re-grieving another thing. Um, so it's going to be a con continual thing where you're constantly going to have to be, okay, this is another thing that's changed. Um, and then finding resources, so maybe you can help reframe that. Um, so you have that support when you, you know, communicate with people, this is different now. And then, and sometimes having that support, they can help you see the light. So here's the silver lining in this. This is terrible. Yes, you are grieving. You have every right to do that, but, but here's some silver lining. Here's how we can reframe this and help work through that grief over and over again. 
Yeah, absolutely. And really, like you said, like with any life altering diagnosis like this cancer, anything it's, you're going to have the same sort of Mm -hmm. grief process over and over again. It's, it's a Mm -hmm. part of the body is failing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So we need to tell people about this. Like, do you have any recommendations on how we tell people like blast it on social media? Do we just like, I've got dementia. Like how, how do you recommend we do this? Like these are hard conversations. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's going to be very individual. Some people are going to be perfectly comfortable with that, perfectly putting it out there and making sure everybody knows there's nothing wrong with that. And then there's people who are going to be very private um, and are going to have to take some time and consideration on on how they do this. Um, Again, with this type of diagnosis, when we share this information with people we love and we care about, um, it's probably to be expected that some of the reactions are going to be unpredictable. We don't know how people react. to news like this. Um, so we just need to consider timing. So thinking about, you know, where am I as a caregiver with this diagnosis? Um, where is the individual with the diagnosis? I mean, have they come to terms with this or are they still well? Are we still in the grieving process? Um, but as you get closer, as you've prepared your conversation, think ahead, write some things down because it can be overwhelming and scary to have this conversation. Um, but make sure the environment's comfortable. Have it in a place um, that's private, um, where, you know, if if there's a reaction, it's not, you know, it's a safe place for them. Um, You know, have some thoughts, again, written down, uh, maybe some questions, or maybe you've asked some questions of the physician that, you know, um, you you can have those answers prepared for them. Um, And then also encourage them, you know, uh, this is a lot to process, you know, we understand, um, but please write down any questions you have um, once you've had some time to process. Um, and then also like, just be mindful that they can also go through that grief process and, and including that is denial and fear. Um, so, you know, comments that are um, hurtful probably that they don't even realize, you know, you know, I don't notice anything different. I think you're fine. You know, they're wrong. Um, that can bring up some emotions too. So just like initial diagnosis with the person is going to take some time with, with those you're sharing out with. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's, um, you know, if, if you wait a little bit and kind of wait, maybe till you've processed it some, like, just be mindful of that when you're sharing that with someone else, like they're going to have to go through that same processing, um, to get to the point, you know, where, where you've been at and that can be hard. Um, people say, people say things sometimes and they just, they don't mean them. And especially, I would say, especially like in stressful situations, um, you know, so just don't take those personally, like blow them off. Um, know that, you know, whoever you're sharing this with, like, obviously they have a key role in your loved one's life. Um, you know, so there's just keep that at the forefront that, you know, you're all here for the best interest of the person, um, you know, who has the diagnosis. Grace, offer yep. grace Lots for <laughs> yourself, for your, you know, your community that you're, you're building and for your, your loved one with a diagnosis as well. So, um, so we've communicated this, um, we've been working on processing this a little bit. We've, we've got to care for the one who has the dementia, like how, how can we best support someone who's living with a dementia diagnosis? 
Yeah. So, you know, like we talked about before, educating yourself, getting all the information you can um, about the specific disease process that's going on. Um, find resources in your community. Um, I mean, there's there's lots of resources out there um, to help provide guidance um, as the disease progresses. The unfortunate thing um, with this progress or this disease process is that it's just, it's so unique to each person. Um, so there's no one clear path that we're like, okay, this has happened. This is, you know, how this is going to progress from here. And we can expect this to happen. Um, so we have to really educate ourselves on all the different things and then just continue to re-educate ourselves as things come up. Um, another way other than education would just be to support them in a way um, in remembering that they're still in need of relationships and connections, um, including them in social activities that maybe they used to, but we, we might have to tailor those a little bit. Um, so someone who's even early on, um, especially early on with um, some sort of dementia, they, they have a tendency to isolate because they realize things aren't quite right for them. Um, loud or crowded environments, lots of noise, multiple conversations. Um, so places like restaurants, public venues, you know, even church groups can become overwhelming. Um, and it's just really hard for them to engage. And so it's just easier to isolate and shut down. Um, so it, um, the benefit of sharing diagnosis with people that are closest to you, they can help encourage and facilitate um, ways to connect. Um, so slow, meaningful conversations with a small group of people, lots of breaks, um, helping people become comfortable in silence. Um, it's really hard to just sit there without talking. It feels awkward. But for someone with dementia, it allows them the time to process what's being said. And then they can formulate an answer um, without, without pressure. Um, or even maybe like a, a quiet activity where there, there doesn't need to be conversation, so it doesn't ever feel awkward. There's movement like puzzles um, or walk outdoors is great. Um, and also just being upfront with the person. Let them know like you can engage in the conversation or I can just be here and be present with you. That's enough. Um, it gives them the sense of control. It also probably eases some anxiety that's there, like, oh, I'm going to have to, you know, talk in this conversation. What if I don't understand? What if it's too much? What if today's a bad day? Um, would be a great way to engage and interact. And then even um, one thing that I I found or when, in researching things is writing down their stories. Um, so that's a way for them to tell their stories, those, those long ago memories that are still intact early on. Um, ask them about their favorite memories. So, you know, later on when maybe they, they can't tell us their stories, their favorite memories, um, we can read those back to them. Um, so there's lots of ways to engage um, and keep them interactive um, at, as they go through this journey. Um, but it's important to support them, be there for them, um, and not, not isolate away from them because it, it could be uncomfortable or it can be unpredictable. There was one thing in there that you said, there's a lot of excellent things in there. Um, but one thing you said, it could be a bad day. Um, you know, not every day is going to be a bad day. And yeah. so I think as a, a caregiver, and even if you're the one dealing with the diagnosis, um, it's, I mean, it's really no different than, than today, you know, Jenna, like you and I, like you and I maybe aren't having a great day today. Like, I, I don't know, you know, but, to, but there's, you know, but tomorrow could be d different and better. 
Um, so just keep that in mind, like just because, you know, this time wasn't great. It doesn't mean that the next time won't be, um, it's, you know, it's just, that's just life. It doesn't matter if you have a diagnosis or not. Um, so again, you know, just be aware of that, be cognitive of that for the loved one that you're dealing with and yeah, go, go where they are, meet them on their terms and where they're at for their day. Yep. Yeah. Beautifully said 100%. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you touched a little bit, like we've talked a little bit about relationships here and you know, how those, how those will change. And, and I, you know, they kind of roll into behaviors of sorts. So I, I want to dive into that a little bit, like how we talk about these behavior changes. Um, and you hear, you know, like in the long-term care world and aging services, you hear a lot of, you know, behaviors and you hear like handling of behaviors, which I don't really like the word handling. And you hear, um, like non-compliant, I hate the word non-compliant. Well, I hate the word behavior in this. So, (laughs) well, there we go. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but some of it, it's it's just a way, I don't know, some of these terminologies, like it's just, there hasn't been better terminology to come up with, I guess, or it's just, you know, something that everybody can relate to or identify with, I guess is the best way. But I I do want to dive in a little bit, like on these behavior changes, on these relationship changes, like how do we handle those? What, what recommendations do you have? Yeah. So you touched on the words, you know, like I, like we all have behaviors, literally that's every day is a behavior. Um, so as those change, um, and it's more of like those unwanted behaviors that I hear too. Well, um, that to me is communication. So we talked before, you know, this person is experiencing brain failure and the changes in their brain are causing them to be unable to communicate in a way that they used to, or even communicate at all. And so when we have things that our loved one or the person we're caring for is doing that is, is out of the norm for them, or it's just not, um, you know, comfortable for them. We need to be thinking that this is a way that they're communicating to me. They have some sort of unmet need, the built up frustration of not being able to understand, or they know what they need, but they can't communicate it and they're frustrated. Um, so behaviors, like I said, are are just the indication that we need to identify what that is. We have to become the investigators. Um, So, you know, this can be difficult, um, but there are times, you know, they're giving us little signals, little signs. Um, And as you spend more time with your loved one, um, you'll start picking up on those cues and signs earlier and earlier. Um, So, you know, maybe when they start making this certain face, you know, they're starting to hurt because as soon as they get Um, pain relief, pain medication, or or whatever therapeutic intervention you have, that goes away. Okay, so I know when she scrunches up her nose or she starts rubbing her leg, this is an early indication of pain. Um, So we just need to look for those telltale signs um, that they're communicating with us non-verbally to help address um, the underlying issue. And I touched on routines earlier, and this is where routines are helpful because as a caregiver, you know, you're aware of the daily routines. We know we did a shower at this time, we took a bath at this time, this time. Um, so if they're out of their routine, we know we need to, we need to get to Maybe we're off today because we have a doctor's appointment um, and we didn't hit our routine and we missed um, a med time. 
Um, so we just need to be looking for those cues, planning ahead, and hopefully um, trying to get back into a routine um, to keep things comfortable for them. I think if you walk away with anything from today's episode, I want you to know that a behavior is a way of communicating. It's not a way to aggravate somebody or to, you know, be non-compliant. It's, it's their way of trying to tell you something. Mm -hmm. So be aware of that. Behaviors are simply just communication. That's all they are. Yeah. And like you said, like we, we all have quote unquote behaviors. We just don't call them that unless you have a dementia diagnosis. Like how fair is that? You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. exactly. It. People would say I'd have behaviors some mornings. So <laughs> as I'm trying to get my kids out the door. Right. Uh, so yeah, we all have those. I can, re- I can relate to that yeah. completely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and no too, like there, I mean, you're, you're going to get frustrated from time to time. Like that's only natural. That's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you feel yourself starting to get frustrated, just walk away for a little bit, you know, go outside, take a break, a timeout. My kids and I have to take time out sometimes, you know, me included a little tap out. I'll be back. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> just take a minute, clear mind. Like there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Jenna, we've covered a lot of information today, a lot of great information. Um, and I hope, uh, I hope this has been somewhat helpful, I, you know, to those listening. Um, this was just, you know, we're just scratching the surface here on, um, on dementia and what it looks like. And, um, and so we, we just, you know, this is, this is one of the reasons I think why we've come together and for modern expectations, we want to help educate people about dementia and aging. And that's what we're here for. We actually offer um, training programs and, and educational programs. So if that's something you would be interested in, uh, to groups, you know, let us know, um, or individually as well, as well too, like that's, you know, we're, we're happy to do that and, and work with you on that. Um, we do, we want, we want to educate people. And, and so we can all, all be better. Um, when we know better, we can be better. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else, Jenna, you want to add before we wrap up today? Not yet. I think I'm good. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing all your expertise. Um, and like I said, I know we're just like, we're just scratching the surface here. Jenna is a wealth of knowledge and, um, we just look forward to, you know, if you, if you have any questions, um, reach out to us, like it doesn't hurt to have a conversation. We'd love to visit with you, get to know you a little bit more. And if we can be of service to you, um, of course, we'd love to do that as well too. So check us out on Facebook, send us a direct message, give us a call. Um, whatever it may be, we hope to hear from you and we hope you have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.